Welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. My name is Shelly and I'm your host. I'm a self-taught astrologer, modern mystic, yogic guide, and women's empowerment coach living in the South Florida area. This podcast was created with the intention to share the tools, people, and modalities that have continued to help me shift and heal to up-level my life in efforts to inspire and encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for being with me. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you are listening to this podcast, I am excited to welcome in Miss Mary Consor. She is an Ayurvedic practitioner in the Jupiter area, and her and I met in yoga teacher training and uh, somewhat stayed connected throughout through social media. And a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, suggested that we connect and get together and talk about the Ayurveda um, practices in order to benefit not only our physical selves, but our mind, our body, and our spirits. And um, thank you so much for taking the time out, Mary, to be with me and to share your knowledge with not only myself, but my community, because we are all about the woo and we are all about health, wellness, and making, you know, the strides forward to become better individuals and also more knowledgeable individuals about practices that perhaps we may not know too much about. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Awesome. So I wanted to ask first and foremost, um, you know, what is Ayurveda and how did you get into it? And did you find specific benefits and decided that you wanted to share this with the world? A little bit of a background of your story. Sure. So, so first of all, Ayurveda, for those of you who've never heard of it before, comes from the Vedic tradition, and it's one of the world's oldest healing sciences. And it originated, of course, in India, and it's about at least 5,000 years old. So the word Ayurveda means the um, knowledge of life. Ayu is life. Veda is the knowledge, so the knowledge of life. And it's a holistic approach to healing, and most importantly, a sustained well, well-being, you know, living your best life. So um, I was first introduced to Ayurveda in my yoga teacher training um, 17 years ago. And um, just to backtrack a little bit, my interest as a child was always on the, on the creative things, cooking and making stuff, but also I always had an interest in uh, I always had a microscope and I was always looking at stuff under a microscope and liking to do experiments and, you know, always, always had my hands in doing things. And usually I had a closet that I was making preparations of something in and I never, <laughs> never explored what this was leading to. It was, it was just um, a, a little quirkiness. And I always loved to be in the kitchen, combining things and concocting stuff. And um, my mom used to say to me, you know, you you could really be a doctor, but you're so squeamish. So, you know, I would faint at the sight of blood. Aww. So, but I was always trying to cure everybody's illnesses, all my friends, all my family, always, you know, trying to know about, about their wellness. And so when I went to my yoga teacher training, the first information that I got about Ayurveda it made my ears perk up. I found it so fascinating because it combined all of the food stuff and all of the wellness stuff, and also the making stuff. We make a lot of 
home remedies in Ayurveda. So it just kind of sparked my interest. And um, I did try to study Ayurveda in my younger years, um, right after my yoga teacher training a few times. And I found it um, really such a vast amount of information that it was really um, intimidating to me. I did um, once sign up for a correspondence course in India and my package came all wrapped up in cloth and I opened the materials and I just was like, I need I need a teacher really to teach me this. This is just, you know, it's too much to try to do on my own. Anyway, fast forward three, four years ago, I just one morning woke up with this feeling that I had to study Ayurveda and I didn't even question it. I ran to the nearest school, signed up and here I am. And um, I just, uh, it lights me up. And I find it such a beautiful and practical lifestyle. You know, I hate to look at it as a curing of, you know, a a cure for illnesses. It's a way of living. And and yes, we can cure a lot of things that, that crop up if we're not living in balance. But the whole object of the game is to teach ourselves, be our own healer, and teach ourselves how to live in balance. For sure. And, um, you know, I'm listening to your story and kind of being reminded of my own. So when I first began my spiritual journey, it started as like the physical, right? It's like, what am I putting in my body? Um, you know, what it, because essentially like what you've put in your body is how you regenerate cells and how your cells grow, because it's the nutrition that you're providing yourself in order to continue to, to grow and, and function in a balanced state. So similar to like a plant, right? Like you don't, you don't feed the plant soda pop, right? You give it water, sunlight, and you give it the right environment. And I think that for many, the journey of spirituality begins like in our physical bodies, because it's the most, like, it's the one, the one area that we're so connected to. And then slowly, but surely then the physical, any kind of like seeps into the emotional and the mental state, because you begin to recognize that what you're, what you're doing with your physical body is affecting your mental state. Similar to like, I guess you would say like working out and how working out kind of relieves a lot of stress and aggression and all of that jazz. So um, it's really interesting because I'm a little reminded of my own like physical journey, although I am not very versed in Ayurveda as we, um, we, we hit in the beginning of this little recording and I did not know my, my um, dosha. And I took a little quiz that Mary sent over and she informed me what my dosha was. And it does make so much sense. And I think that this is like a powerful tool to begin to integrate into my own life. Um, But also the knowledge base that you have in order to help not only myself, but other individuals to create that balance that most of us do seek. And I feel like our physical bodies are in one place, our mental bodies are in another place, and our emotional bodies, it could be in a different state, but knowing that somehow and in some way they do coincide with one another and that this practice can help bring that into balance, um, is a really powerful, powerful tool to have in like your tool belt. Sure. And, and in Ayurveda, like we discussed, um, the body, the mind, the spirit, or whatever you like to call that, they're all interconnected in, in every way they're, they are, they cannot be separated. So what affects one affects the other. And, um, and also to speak to what you were saying about, you know, the physicality, um, that's 
part of the reason why Ayurveda exists. So it's the sister science of yoga. So there is a purification factor that happens that starts through the body and also making the body healthy and strong so that you can do all the spiritual practices. So the origins of Ayurveda were hand in hand with having, you know, the, the yogi, the sadhana of the yogi. So powerful. Spiritual existence, you know, and the, the, uh, the transcendence of all of the, you know, the physical woes. Interesting. Can you share a little bit about the doshas and um, what each one kind of holds energetically? And I know that you gave me a quiz. Is that quiz available for others to take or are you able to um, share where they can find a quiz in order for them to be able to find out what their dosha is? And make a link available for you um, if okay. you want to put it in the show notes. Or yeah, absolutely. Like that would be great. Yeah. Okay, super. We'll do that. So the doshas. So the, the word dosha actually means fault. So the dosha, knowing what our dosha is, can help us understand where our imbalances could run. So mm. the doshas, um, there are three main doshas. And doshas are the bodily constitutions. So Three main doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata is the combination of the ether and air or space and air elements. And vata governs all the movement in the body. Whatever moves in the body, vata is present. Whether it's the movement of your thoughts, your digestion, anything that moves in your body, it's caused by vata, this air and space element. The pitta dosha is made of fire and water. And it governs things like metabolism, assimilation, all the body processes are governed by pitta. And kapha is all the structure of the body. So, and that is the um, water and the air elements combining to make kapha. Most of us have a doshic predominance of two. There are a few people who are purely vata, pitta, or kapha. And all of us, it's important to know that we all have to have all of these a balance of all of these doshas as a physical being, because without kapha, you don't have any structure of your body. Without pitta, there's no functions that happen in the body. And without vata, there's no movement. So we all have our own special, our own special ratio. So it's important not to get hung up on what the dosha is. We have all of this within us, but it's Knowing what the dosha is gives us a baseline to understand what we're made of and what our propensities could be toward imbalance. Wow. That's, um, that's interesting. Cause in my mind, as you say that most people have like a two, I'm visually brought to like a scale and the need to create that balance, right? It's like the scale actually is comprised of three separate parts, right? It's like the centerpiece and then, then the two sides. And it's almost um, like that's the visualization that I received. And it's almost as though um, we all know that life can can throw us off course and there can be imbalance in every day. But I think when your foundation is more geared towards the awareness of the perhaps potential imbalances, the awareness is also there to bring yourself back to the balance, right? So sometimes when we don't have this knowledge base, when we don't have, you know, the tools in us or or within our awareness to make the changes, to feel better, we just feel as though like, oh, well, this is life, right? Like we don't, we don't recognize that there is this kind of teeter tottering that we're, we're working through. 
Right. And that's the, that's the whole purpose of Ayurveda. And that's the whole purpose of what I try to work with, work on with my clients to recognize the signs of being out of balance. What does balance mean to you? What does balance feel like for you? It's different for you and for me. Right. So, so the dosha that you're born with, your special recipe of elements, as I referred to, is called your prakriti. And to know the prakriti gives you, that's your ground zero. That is, you know, where you're supposed to be. So when we're born and we live our lives, all these influences start to um, affect us. Environmental, seasonal, things we eat, things we see, people we're with, you name it, the whole, the whole gamut of the experience of life. All of these things affect our mm -hmm. um, organism. And right. those are the things that throw us out of balance. And so, yes, exactly what you're saying to, to have the awareness to bring ourselves back to that balanced state is what Ayurveda calls svasta or health. Interesting. Now, quick question. And I know this may or may not be applicable just because, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be asking a question about ancient Chinese medicine. Um, and I know that this is, um, you know, the foundation is in India, but I recently went to an acupuncturist and she does a lot of um, the energy frequencies with the chi and the energetic channels. And she mentions like specific areas like my kidneys and my bladder and certain areas that um, the like the vibrational frequency, because she had like this amazing tool where it kind of um, it went on to the pressure point and it went onto her computer and kind of gauged like the energetic frequencies of those particular areas. Do you um, is, is there a bit of a correlation with other practices of that nature, just because they're both so ancient and like they're the roots of it sound slightly similar, but I know that they're, they're different, but, um, like they use the herbs and they use these other medicinal property properties in order to, again, bring that balance back into the physical body. Yes, there are correlations, different, different names for a lot of the same herbs and, where um, Chinese medicine uses the acupuncture and those meridians. We know in yoga, we, we also have the meridians yeah. of the body. Right. Um, but Ayurveda has a special system called marma. And so the Ayurveda recognizes the marma points all over the body. And so that would be the equivalent. So, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I, like when, when I'm hearing you speak, I just recently went, um, on Monday night and she did this and I was like, wow, this sounds like very, very similar, which I'm more familiar with the whole acupuncture and Chinese medicine, um, aspect of things. And again, like I said, Ayurveda is very new to me, but it's definitely something that I'm very interested in drawn to, to get, um, more knowledge about, because a couple of things that you mentioned about my doshas really resonated, um, like that imbalance at times during like the summers, although I love hot yoga, um, right. And then also in the winter time when in the fall, when things are starting to change and I definitely, as you mentioned, um, like there are moments where I'm, where I can eat and then like six hours go by. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't eat, you know, um, taking into account my lifestyle change right now with the baby and everything, but still, and these are things that with what I find so interesting is that I'm experiencing the exact same definitions in which you are, are expressing. So there is definitely something to this. And what was your personal experience with 
kind of incorporating Ayurveda into your life? Like, what did you notice within yourself? What do you notice within your clients that is so powerful with this practice and with this method? So with, with myself, um, I'm, I'm someone who really has been blessed with good health. I have few, most of my things, musculoskeletal issues. Um, Since practicing Ayurveda, I have tremendous reduction in the the joint pains and the muscular pains that I was experiencing chronically. I've had three back surgeries. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Um, For me, honestly, it is the staying in balance part. And it's the beauty of having a life with a ritual and, you know, a meaning and the relationship also um, with food, the relationship with nature in general. For me, Ayurveda just um, kind of changed my whole perspective of um, the whole of life. And connected too, I'm sure. A a connected way of living and, um, and has helped me see other people in a different way, meet them where they are, understand um, what they're made of. Mm. And, you know, for my clients, I can't, I I would lie to tell you that there has been any like shocking, you know, incredible things that have happened, but I have seen people um, who I've worked with who have, um, especially with things like anxiety Mm. uh, is um, connected, the body and the mind. So, you know, I can't even separate. I've seen people who didn't feel well and didn't feel happy and, and were struggling um, with their health to feel in control and have tools that, you know, this is how I can make myself feel better. And to, you know, to be like, oh, you know, I recognize these things that, you know, you told me I shouldn't eat. I ate them and now I'm feeling this. And now I know, you know, it's just, it's more, I guess the, the spectacular thing that has happened and that I've seen is the awareness that Ayurveda has sparked for people. Mm, which is very powerful because it's I myself know powerful. like when I have certain foods, I, I, I have that body awareness, um, for the most part, you know, but it, it's very interesting to, and I'll use this as an example. Cause it's like my example, but like when people step into their yoga class and they have no body awareness and like in, in the movements of their bodies and things like that, which is like a learning curve, it's very similar to the internal awareness of what's going on as well. And is there a bit of like a psychosomatic kind of connection with, with this? Because I can definitely, you know, I can, I can see how anxiety, you know, certain foods can trigger anxiety, like coffee and things like that, like stimulants. Um, But what about like the combination? Because I know the serotonin is mostly in your gut and again, connected to your physical emotions of well-being. And connected to perhaps depression. Have you seen people who have experienced like bouts of depression, um, you know, kind of come out that on the other side by just changing their habits? Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of awareness now about everything starting in the gut that's, you know, come to the forefront in, um, in wellness nowadays about it all. It all starts in the gut. Ayurveda has known that forever and Ayurveda all wellness begins with the digestive system with mm-hmm. something called agni the agni is the digestive fire 
And every cell has an Agni. We have a main Agni, which is, you know, where the main digestion takes place. But every cell has an Agni. And we look at poor digestion um, as the cause, as the root cause of everything, mm. whether that be mental disturbance or physical disturbance, because poor digestion creates a substance that we call ama, which is digestive toxins. We don't digest properly or we don't digest um, completely. This um, plaque-like sub substance is what we call ama, um, can create disturbances anywhere within our organism. And so um, it's absolutely correlative to what to what you're saying. Interesting. So I saw, cause I'm just like one of these freaks of nature. That's like, I want to go on Netflix. I want to go on Gaia and I want all the documentaries. And I watched this one documentary where they actually, I think it's, it was along the lines of like the mind gut connection and they received samples of somebody's gut health and they analyzed the, the microbiome and they could actually diagnose what that individual had. And like, more so like the psychological aspects and like the mental aspects and emotional aspects that we define as like depression, anxiety, and so on and so forth in the West. Um, but it was so interesting to me that yes, like there is this correlation between your processing center, right? Cause our digest our digestive system, it like, you know, we digest, we absorb and we eliminate and it is like our processing center. It's like, um, I guess essentially like, our, our gas station, right? It's like how we, Absolutely. how we fueled. So if that isn't being processed and if it's not being, um, eliminated properly or digested properly, of course, you're going to feel things. But for most people, they think that they're going to feel that on the physical level, but really in essence, it does, like you said, trickle into the emotional and mental aspects that, you know, over here in the West, we're not too, we're not too connected to, you know? Right. And let me add an, another layer to that um, Ayurvedically. Digestion does not just include what we put in our mouths, chew up, swallow, and eliminate. It's also what we're putting in in our minds and in our emotions. Okay. Digestion it's includes everything, everything. So um, when I'm working with clients, teaching them, what do you expose yourself to? What do you, what do you take in through the senses? What do you mm -hmm. take in? You listen to watch, etc. Who do you surround yourself with? We're digesting all of Everything. that. Yeah. Wow. That's like a powerful message. Right. And, and I remember hearing a quote along similar to those lines, but it's, you know, we don't recognize that our bodies are constantly being stimulated and affected by so much in our, our environment because we're accustomed to it. And we don't realize that we are very impressionable. And like you said, what we surround ourselves by, what we listen to, who we're around, everything is essentially energy and communication with other energetic frequencies. And we are energetic givers and receivers. So when we put ourselves, let's say with our friend who you know, we know she's not so great and like she does drugs and stuff, but we still hang out. Even though you aren't necessarily partaking, there is an energetic frequency exchange that is happening. And a lot of individuals, like I mentioned before, feel as though, oh, well, I'm not interacting with her physically, so I'm fine. But it affects 
your internal well-being energetically. Right. You can feel that. You can feel when you're when you're around somebody and their energy is affecting yours. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. And I remember like when I was younger and I didn't quite have like anything to define it as. I'm just like, I don't like her. I don't, I have a weird feeling about her. And I remember I would tell my friends and they were like, oh, Shelly, stop. And sure enough, later on, something would happen. I'm like, I told you. I'm like, there's just like this, this, this feeling that you get when you're, when you are aware of what's going on and the frequency is that, that you could pick up on, you know? And it's interesting that with Ayurveda, there is also that, that connection because I'm going to be honest, like I'm very green about this, but I was under the impression it was more so like your physical well-being as opposed to like how it really does bring in all the other aspects, um, which I should have known because it's like, you know, from India and they're just so wise over there, you know, they they're sure so, are. they're so wise. They're so you wise. Know, something doesn't stick around 5,000 plus years because it doesn't work. Hell no. Right. Oh, no. You know, and that's it. It's like so much of like our history has been like silenced and, um, you know, brushed under the rug that it's almost like it was intentional because how could you not incorporate these aspects and, and not incorporate this knowing? It's almost as though, like, I hate to say it, but like the powers that be want this disconnection, right? Like want this like separation of like, okay, this is your physical body. You do this. Okay. This is your emotional body. You take medications and pharmaceuticals. Oh, this is your mental body, emotional pharmaceuticals. And you know, all these other different aspects instead of like, hello, let's bring it all together because you would not be you without one of those. Like if you didn't have your mind, you wouldn't be you. If you didn't have your body, you wouldn't be you. If you didn't have your spirit, you wouldn't be you and you wouldn't be alive. And they all work together. So like why aren't we integrating this? Why aren't we looking at holistic care, like, like Ayurveda and other methods to, um, you know, healthcare, like the Chinese medicine, these ancient, ancient, um, practices that hold so much wisdom. And if you look at the people in those areas, they're so healthy. They're so vibrant. They're so happy. I mean, they may not have much, right. But there is this beauty that's like blooming from them. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, we already know all of this. That's the thing. We have that innate intelligence. Yeah. We just have all these distractions that are thrown on top of it. We're just, you know, we're remembering to remember all this stuff. You For know, sure. it's, you know, we have the capacity to heal ourselves if we want to listen and, sure. and if we can filter out all of this stuff that makes it hard for us to listen. For sure. And once you start feeling good and once you start having that connection, you not, you don't want anything to take you away from that. For sure. So yeah. Yeah. So I know that you were mentioning, um, which we were talking about that you are having um, an event coming on November 1st through the 9th, where you are going to be kind of bringing a community together and doing a cleanse. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. I, I hold two cleanses a year, two group. Cleanses. I'm going to do this one, by the way, I'm like, all excited. right, I'm excited. Sure. So cleansing is really important, um, at the change of the season. So oh. especially spring and fall. Okay. So that's when I do my, my spring cleansing. And, um, the reason that it's really important to cleanse during the season is especially right now we're coming into fall. So Pitta, 
is a summer is exacerbated in the summertime. It, it's expressing in the summertime. So most of us have some excess pitta after the summer. Someone with a lot of pitta in their constitution, as you do, they have a whole lot of pitta. At the same like time, the heat, right? That's the heat element, the okay. fire water element. So, so we have a lot of heat in the steaming. body and steamy. So things like acidity, things like skin issues, things like uh, very rapid digestion, irritability, anger, all of those oh, yeah. pitta type things. As we say and this under the Aries full moon, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Exactly. We got a lot of a lot of Mars going on. Yes. Right. So much of, Mars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, so all of those pitch of things might be showing up in a person, maybe some inflammation. And so cleansing at this juncture will help alleviate some of that excess pitta. At the same time, many of us will have excess vata because vata is starting to accumulate during the summertime. So vata is that wind and um, ether energy. Mm. So vata is going to make us have things like dryness, constipation, anxiety, feeling, you know, um, uh, unrest, mental unrest, um, maybe musculoskeletal issues, joint pains, joints popping and cracking. Um, if I didn't Definitely say dry skin, mm-hmm. dry skin, dry hair, variable appetite, so all of those things that are, are vata expressing itself, both, both of those excess doshas can be, um, we, can, we can clear the body and the mind of all this, of the excess dosha. There can be excess kapha too, depending on someone's constitution. So we do a little cleanse, we do some cleansing techniques that um, help bring the digestion back to a nice, um, good agni, good digestive fire and um, eliminate the excess dosha. So we're nice and clean and ready for the new season. So it's a really, really simple process that we do. Um, we eat clean for three days and eating clean. Means what does that mean? Like, what does that, what does that mean for you? Like in raw Ayurveda, or? No, in Ayurveda, eating clean is very differently than what we call, you know, eating clean in, in Western um, nutrition. So eating clean or um, in Ayurveda is eliminating all the processed foods, eliminating the caffeine, the alcohol, the sugars. Um, refined sugars or like sugars in general? Refined, refined sugars. Um, Ayurveda, I'm vegan, so I'm, I, I'm not going to give a big commercial for honey, but Ayurveda, honey is a sweetheart of Ayurveda. So honey is considered um, a, a, a healthy choice, um, but natural sweeteners in moderation are okay. So we just kind of eliminate all the crap basically for three days. And as important as eating the right thing is eating at the right times, eating only when hungry. Um, Grazing is a no-no in the world of Ayurveda. So it's three meals a day with um, sips of warm drinks in between using spices, um, digestive spices like ginger and cardamom, cumin, uh, cinnamon, things like that to help our digestive fire work efficiently. So we do that for three days, just kind of um, cleaning it all up. And then for three days, we eat the wonderful dish of kitchery and we, we eat it as a mono diet. 
Okay, tell me what this kitchery is. <laughs> so kitchery is delicious. So kitchery, it's a it's a tridoshic dish, means that it pacifies all three doshas, and it's made of mung beans and white basmati rice and um, either ghee or sesame oil, the digestive spice mix, and then we can also put different vegetables in depending on what your dosha is, what's best for you. And the reason that we eat kitchery for three days is to give our digestive system a rest. And so by the time the kitchery is cooked, it's already basically so broken down that when it gets into the belly, it's just really easy to absorb the nutrients and just to, to give everything a nice rest. Interesting. And then with, with this um, cleanse, do you like incorporate teas or like specific things as far as like supplements, anything yeah. of that nature? So one could cleanse just with warm water, but we use a tea. And you don't use uh, lemon? No lemon? Yep. Yep. Water. We do use water. Yep. It can be okay. water with lemon or, or just, um, or just water, warm water in itself. Sipping warm water is one of the modalities that Ayurveda use for lightning. It's a lightning therapy. So we use a tea called CCFT. It's cumin, coriander, and fennel. And we just use the whole seeds and they're boiled in water. And this tea, again, it's another tridoshic tea, pacifies all the doshas and it assists in the cleansing process. And it helps, again, it helps the digestion work properly. It helps move the toxins out of the body. And it's really, really pleasant. I'm sitting here sipping it as we talk. It's really mm. nice to drink. And you can, you can use it beyond the cleanse. You can, you know, just have that as your normal sip throughout the day. So every time I hear the word fennel, I cringe because I accidentally bought the wrong Tom's toothpaste because I thought it was peppermint because it's the uh, same color for those of you who know what I'm talking about. And I accidentally grabbed the fennel and I'm like brushing my teeth and I'm like, Ugh. but fennel toothpaste does not taste like fennel in food. I don't know if that's because it's cooked, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So fennel has that like little bit of, yep, it, it's very subtle in the tea. It has, it gives it that little bit of licorishness of a flavor. You know, it has a yeah. very licorice anise kind of flavor. Gotcha. Yeah, because I but had something, my husband ordered a dish and he's like, it has fennel. And we were both like, oh, I don't know, right? But then he got <laughs> it and it tasted really, really good. So I don't know what Tom's is putting in their toothpaste, but I was just like, oh my gosh. So fennel is really good for, now. Fennel is really good for pitta people and it's really good for breastfeeding people. So, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. So there, my resistance is telling me that I that I need it probably. <laughs> <laughs> right? Could be. I don't know. I don't know. So how do people sign up for this? Is it like an email base and then you send out the daily emails? Is it like a community that you created and also how do people connect with you if they wanted to um, work with you and help, you know, their mind, body, and spirit with the Ayurveda um, techniques that you have and offer. Sure. My website is www.sunveda.com. And so everything is there to be seen all of everything that I do. You can meet me there. Um, you can correspond with me there. My email, Mary at sunveda.com. And I'm also on social media. So awesome. um, yes, and everything office. will be, yeah, everything will be in the show notes for you guys Great. to just like click through, um, and get connected with Mary and, um, what she has to offer. But I am, 
I'm kind of sold. So when I was speaking with my friend, Andy, um, which our mutual friend, Andy, she's like, yeah, I'm working with Mary and I'm working with this Ayurveda. And I'm like, really? I was like, I feel like I need to like do something a little different because I'm not going to lie. My eating habits have been pretty, very much the same for a very long time. And I don't know if it's stagnation or if it's just like habit, but I, I am feeling a need to switch things up in my body when I was pregnant. Um, which I was like vegan and I ended up wanting and, and craving meat. And I had, you know, a couple fillets while being pregnant. I'm like, oh my God, my husband's like, oh my God, like, who are you? And I'm just like this carnivore. I'm like ravenous with this, with this fillet. And he's like, who are you? I was like, I have no idea who I am right now. Like, I just want it. And now that I gave birth, I don't want it, which is so interesting. And, you know, backtrack when I went and I got my lab work done, I was low in, you know, iron, I was low. Um, and B12 and a couple other things with, with my hematology and it correlated as like, oh, maybe that's what I needed. But then in my, the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I'm sure that there's other ways to provide my body with that nutrition that I lacked in my, my previous diet and begin to incorporate something, um, into a new diet, because obviously without really being aware of it. I was depleting myself of like vital nutrients that obviously my child in utero was like, fucking feed me, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So now Uh that I have that, now that I've gone through that experience postpartum, I know that my, my diet needs to change. And I feel this call to like change things within, um, you know, my mental and emotional well-being as well, moving through the hormonal changes of postpartum. Um, I'm not depressed or anything. I'm taking my placenta pills and everything, but I do feel the hot flashes at night. Still, I do feel like these bursts of like frustration and like the swinging of, of emotions. So I will definitely be reaching out to you and I would love to work with you. Um, because again, I'm kind of putting my feelers out there with, with getting to, to switch, switch things up. My body's calling for it. And I think that this is, um, what it's calling for. A lot of the things that, you know, we experience as um, a not getting good nutrition is an Agni situation, is a digestion problem. You are not processing the foods properly. So knowing how to eat for your dosha is very important and knowing how to eat also very, very important. Um, We can also tell by looking at our tongues, if we have a lot of coating on the tongue, we can see that we have a lot of ama a lot of digestive toxins in the system. If, if you have all that going on, you're not going to be proper. You're not going to get your nutrition properly. What is healthy for one person is not healthy for the next person necessarily because the diet is based on the constitution. So mm. uh, for a Vata person who has a lot of air in them, eating raw vegetables and eating a lot of cruciferous vegetables, although their nutrient base might be very you know, wonderful, if you can't digest it, it doesn't matter how healthy the food is, right? It doesn't matter what it is. If you yeah. if you can't break it down and, and, and can't Use assimilate it. it, then it's useless. It just, you know, you just eliminate it. And sometimes you don't eliminate it very comfortably. Oh my God, that was another or one. politely. Yeah, so I'm just going to be like TMI and I'm just going to go balls to the wall because that is who I am. When I like the third trimester, girl, the hemorrhoids were angry. 
angry mm-hmm. and I have never experienced hemorrhoids. And on my third trimester, I had six thrombosed hemorrhoids that I had to get removed. And I am like, something is going on with my GI, like something is just not right. And then of course, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I never haven't eaten meat in so, so long. I wonder if my digestive system is kind of giving me a big F you for, for putting that into my body. And of course, you know, you go through all like these thought processes, but definitely like I can definitely feel my body calling for a change, because let me tell you what was going on, you know, during pregnancy at the tail end of my pregnancy, I was like, this is this terrible, you know, the cleanse should be really, really good for you. Then most people feel so good after doing the cleanse, their skin is so much nicer. Their digestion is moving properly. Um, they feel hungry when it's time to feel hungry. That's a huge thing in our culture. How many people I talk to, they're like, you know, when do you feel hungry? Well, I eat when it's lunchtime, but how often do you really feel hunger? I don't know. I eat when it's time to eat. You know, we're not in tune with that. We it's, it's, it's all of these habits and, and, um, it's incredible. And like the coffee and everything is, you know, like suppress your appetite and all of that jazz as well. Yep. Sure. You know, we, what we're looking for is to feel hungry that, you know, that's our body telling us that it's time to eat. If, if we never get to feel that, we're just throwing food on top of undigested material. We're keeping this digestive fire, this Agni, just not working at, at capacity. Mm-hmm. And then we're not assimilating the food properly. And then we're causing all of these other issues in the body. Next thing you know, you've got some physical symptom that you think has nothing to do with anything to do with your belly, but it has everything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And so powerful to know that even though these things might be occurring, you also have the power to change them, right? It's like the knowledge yeah. is there to try and our habits, you know, here in America, our, our, our eating habits are terrible, right? And everything else kind of like it seeps into everything else, how you function in your work, how you function in your relationships, because when, when you're out of whack, you, you, you again, connect to your environment in the same fashion. So this is really awesome. And I learned quite a bit um, today about Ayurveda, which I didn't know too, too much about. And I love that you said ritual. I jotted that down as my note and the, the ritual, cause my mom's Cuban, the ritual that I remember growing up with is having the little cafecito every single morning. And it's still ingrained in me that I like to have something warm in the morning. And I do oftentimes go to coffee. I, I cut it off quite a, like for quite some time while I was pregnant, but I picked it back up just because of like the sleep deprivation. I'm like, I need coffee, which I mean, it only helps you for a short period of time. But the ritual aspect that you mentioned is such an interesting thing because we've lost that too, I think as a, as a whole. And the rituals with food, there's a really interesting book, which I'm, I don't know if you've read it, but it's called the yoga of eating. Have you read it? I haven't read it. It's really interesting. And it talks about bringing back that kind of ritualistic, like praying over your food, making your food, um, the, the, like the communal aspect of food, but then also like this 
in like intricate relationship that you personally have with your food while you're eating it and making it very mindful and making it very intentional from picking the food to making the food to eating the food to like finishing that that ceremony or that ritual and that I think would probably help quite a bit of of everything you know not only from yourself but also with your family and in your house unit sure sure and not only the the food but but ayurveda makes a ritual out of life in general waking up in the morning and doing some cleansing techniques that you do every single day you wake up and you scrape your tongue you clean your mouth with my tongue scraper yeah, you clean you clean all of your orifices, you oil your nose, you oil your ears, you oil your body. Um, so and you try to every day have the same the same type of rhythm, mm-hmm. eating the meals the same time every day. And just as you said, how you make your meal, how you eat your meal, your relationship with the food, not having a lot of distractions around you while you're eating. Focus that food is what is making you. Mm-hmm. That food is what is building your tissues, that that food is what is creating your mind. That food is what is, is making is that that's what you're made of. Right. Yeah, of course. You so are having, what you eat. <laughs> having this relationship, you are what you eat. Yep. And, you know, and, and most importantly, my children growing up um, would always say, mom, we can taste the love in this food is putting oh, the love yes. everything that you prepare and even, and especially it's just for you. Yes. A lot of women, you know, we forget about that, you know, that we make it for everybody else. But when I make myself something to eat, I make it a feast for the eyes and I make it an experience even just for that 15 minutes to sit down with it. And um, I put the same, the same love in that food for myself as I do for my kids or for, for anyone. And it's um, most important ingredient. Most it sure is. It sure and is. How you eat it, how you eat it, because it's better to eat something in I'm making air quotes bad with the right mental attitude than it is to eat something good, air quotes again, um, without mindfulness and and you know, never eat when you're angry, never cook when you're angry. It's all part of, you know, all part of the knowledge of Ayurveda that the energetics of the food are as important as the molecular, you know, construction of the food. Nice. I'm so excited to start something with you and also to have like, maybe like a little, how many, like, how long does it take for people to really begin to like experience like that physical, like, like, would you, would you say like, for instance, if I, should I wait to do the cleanse before I begin my journey with you? Or should I start my journey with you, do the cleanse and then I'd love to have you back on the podcast after a while of working with you and be like, whoa, you know, like, this is what I've experienced. Like, this is like what I'm, I'm feeling just so that way our listeners can also get like an actual, you know, make an actual connection with how these changes affect somebody and, and have that experience. I would suggest you dive right in, learn about your dosha. Um, start looking at what an Ayurvedic lifestyle looks like for you and start to, um, I always advise my clients, let's just take baby steps. That's not, you know, when you, when you dive in and try to do too many things at one time, it becomes kind of a faddish thing. And what we're looking for is, is changes in your life that lasts forever. So 
Yes. Dive in, learn about your dosha. I'll, I'll help you learn about your dosha. Find yes. The best foods for you, the best times of day for you. Um, starting to, starting to frame up a little routine that works. You know, you're a busy woman with children. So something that will actually work. Right. That is, that you can be successful at, at, um, at doing. And then, yeah, then, then you start your cleanse. And then when the cleanse is over, then you start to um, go right into your dosha specific program. And also we'll know what conditions you have going on. So just a, a, a quick little aside, just food for thought, because we were talking about how things are so different in the Western perspective versus the Eastern. In Ayurveda, we have but five, five, we have six stages of disease, but at the fifth stage is the stage where Western medicine would call something a disorder, a disease, or give it a name. Mm. So in Ayurveda stages one through four, we have all these little signs and signals going on to tell us something is going on, hmm. building up. And then Western medicine sees something when it's diagnosable as a disease process and then as a chronic condition. So wow. we can look at things that seem so subtle. We can look at things that seem so subtle from an Ayurvedic perspective and see if we don't make the tweaks now and correct this, then we're going to have a hemorrhoid, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> you know Take my hemorrhoids away. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, your hemorrhoids are a, an expression of both of your major doshas on steroids. So okay, just to tell yeah. you that, you know, it's not a surprise to me. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so yeah, much for this of, knowledge. Together. Yeah. Yes. I'm really excited for this journey, truly, because like I mentioned before, I've been feeling a physical call to, to change things up. And again, from you know, previously like raw, mostly raw vegan lifestyle and diet, and getting to a point where I realized like maybe that wasn't working for a period of time where I'm being called to kind of pivot and, and shift what's going into my body. And, you know, the, the thought process of knowing that this is also a practice that incorporates the spiritual aspects and the mental aspects, because they are so intertwined makes me, um, more drawn to it than just saying like, Hey, I'm going to do like a, a low carb diet. Hey, I'm going to do, you know, um, a vegan diet, a raw vegan diet, or what's the other one, paleo, whatever the case may be. And really looking at myself as a whole and making those decisions to ingest what is healing to me. And, and the, in, in, in the practice of dieting, again, like you said, it's also like everything else that we consume as far as our environment. But I think so many people get so fixated on the word diet and having that mean restriction and having that mean limitations and boundaries. And yet when we are able to come back to ourselves as a whole being and check in with ourselves as a whole being when we are given the tools and the information for our, our, our happening as a, as our physical body and our meat suit, it doesn't feel restrictive. It doesn't feel, um, limiting in any sense of the word because you're doing what resonates with your individualistic body, as opposed to attempting to conform and force what's really not for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, just on top of, on top of that, when we are in balance, 
mind, body, spirit, all of our tissues, all of our elimination, our mind is happy, all is, all is well, our Agni is working well, then we don't have to have rigidity in those things because we can digest them. So mm-hmm. it's a whole, it's a retraining of your system when your digestion, when your Agni is working correctly, then when we have some variations, it doesn't rock the boat so much. It doesn't throw us into a state of equal, you know, wow. out of our state of equilibrium. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love this so much. Yeah. So we so- have to live in the world. So that's what it's, you know, it's about, we have to live in the world, how to do that the most skillful. Yes. And, and bringing in nature too, it's like we are working with, not against, you know, um, which is, which is also really beautiful to me as well, because we don't, we don't see ourselves as like a peopling of nature, but we are of nature and we see ourselves as separate, but we are, you know, a part of that process. And when we work with the cycles of the seasons, which I wrote that down too, because I love that so much. It's like, when we look at nature and of itself, like the moon and its cycles, right. The, the seasons and the change of the seasons, we too go through those changes, but we may not be as aware of them because we're not self-aware. And bringing Ayurveda into your life not only allows you to become more self-aware, but the awareness of how you are truly interconnected with nature and you're contributing to the whole energetically as well. So really interesting and, and and beautiful to to listen to how Ayurveda is just such like a interesting modality to incorporate because it it's not just an individual on a micro scale but macro as well. Absolutely. Super super cool. Well, thank you so so much for being with us today. I'm excited for the journey that you and I are going to take in in my inner healing with dieting and food and all the things. And I would love to have you back on after a little while and and share my experience because we need to come back to wholeness and we need to stop the separation of self and the separation with everything else in the world, you know, and, and this is something that can bring us back to wholeness within. And as you said, when we feel whole within, we begin to extend that further out in our environment. So really cool. So if you want to connect with Miss Mary, can scroll down to the show notes and the information with regards to her cleanse will be there, her website, her Instagram, and you can get connected with her. And if you would please, Ms. Mary, send me the link for that quiz. Um, that send you, you the link that way the I quiz. Can, yeah. So I can include that in the show notes and they can take that quiz and begin to at least explore and then perhaps seek guidance once there's a little bit more of a knowledge base on their own dosha. Yes. Thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking to get a little uncomfortable and find out a little bit more about yourself and others, I have a couple courses that are coming up before the end of the year. Putting the Soul in Goals, which is a workshop that shows you how to manifest and gives you a detailed explanation about the energy in which you have to hold and carry the what you desire in your life. The law of attraction is a little empty and this is my tools, tips, and tricks to manifesting the life that you desire. Your born identity astrology course is one that kind of picks apart your natal chart, which to me 
is really your birth certificate and is your soul's blueprint. You'll find out your life's purpose, some challenges that you may face and how to navigate them, your overall personality, as well as your north and south nodes, which discuss your means of, of expressing yourself in this lifetime. And lastly, I have Awakening Your Intuition through the Tarot course. And this one really speaks to my heart because the tarot was really the single most powerful tool that I began to incorporate in my meditation practices that really helped me sense myself and connect with myself as well as my higher self. And this course is a very um, introductory course to the tarot that will guide you on how to use the tarot to awaken and connect to your truth within. If you're interested in any of these courses, please scroll down and click the link, pump in your email, and you will get periodic updates about each of the courses that I will be offering. Thanks so much again. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and rate this podcast. This little baby biz of mine is only built upon you and the community that we have here. Have an amazing day, night, afternoon. Love you lots. Besos.